all that we are, all that we will be, we build on Christ and his love. Amen. We meet here today, we sing, we pray, we seek to love one another in the footsteps of so many saints. What an incredible inheritance we enjoy because of them. The tenacity, the persistence of vision and the countless hours of service rendered to this church of all accumulated to offer you and I with the incredible privilege to imagine something that in the 119 years of this block has not been imagined before, an entire city block owned and shaped by All Saints Episcopal Church, offered to God's glory for the present and future vitality of this parish and for this city. Just to make it crystal clear, no plans for the future of our block have yet been made. There is no blueprint for the future already decided upon, no wheels in motion, no drawings made. As much as I love the idea of a flotation tank in the courtyard to be used for vestry meetings, or the ingenious All Saints, All Snorts, Urban Farm, goats and pigs on site to give the staff company through the working week, none of those rumors are true. Our slate is clean. Nothing yet is written upon it. For that is our work together next year, that we undertake with great joy and excitement, and dare I say it, fun. As we bring this year to a close of learning together about what other churches, social service agencies, educational and medical institutions and businesses are doing with their bricks and mortar, next year's opportunity to dream invites us to lay a new foundation stone for future generations on this block. The prospect makes me think of one of my favorite images from Margaret Langford's wonderful History of All Saints, First Hundred Years. The images of my predecessor, Willis Wilkinson Meminger, longest-serving rector at All Saints of 27 years from 1910 to 1937, standing with Suzanne Memminger, whom I presume was his daughter. Suzanne has a trowel in her hand, and Willis is looking on a little bit worried about what she's going to do with it. They're there to lay the cornerstone of Eggleston Memorial Hall, where today we house most of our staff offices and the library, but was built in part as a theater and was used for dances and performances, not only for the parish, but for the local music study club and drama league. Memminger's exuberance saw all saints through the years of the Great Depression, from the First World War to just short of the outbreak of the Second. We think our own place in time is challenging. Just imagine what our forebears in this church walked through together, facing all of that. And by all accounts, they did so with love and joy. Our inheritance of the saints, as the epistle to the Colossians puts it, is of those who laid foundations of hope, trusting in God's grace and goodness. We are here today as a church because of them. 
what an incredible privilege it is to imagine that one day others will say the same of us. As we look toward next year's voyage of discovery and discernment for the future of our block, we might ask how it is that we will know where and for what we will lay our own foundation stone for the future mission of God in this place. Or put another way, what chapter will we author in our parish's history for this particular season in time? Turns out that the emerging church in Colossae faced a similar challenge of how to know the kind of future God called them to. As it stood, the ordering of life in that tiny town just a little inland from Ephesus and what is today the Turkish coast was true to its wider context and the belief that the gods were all that separated them from the powers and forces that influenced their fate in the world. Accordingly, the fortunes of war would best be served, it was believed, by an appeal to Mars. And the hopes of love could be helped on their way by offering supplication to Aphrodite. Added to this was the political ordering of things in the world of the emperor. All lived in subjection under the imperium of Rome, slave, free, male, female, each put in their place by birth and status. What all of this added up to was a sense that a person's journey through the world was believed to be dominated by what was outside of them on a crowded stage of actors, cosmological and political. For the average member of the church in Colossae, life was an externally authored thing, determined beforehand, crafted by history, not one crafting it. When the letter to the Colossians, whose first chapter we heard verses from today, arrived in town and was read out loud to those first Jesus followers, it must have sent their heads spinning. Life was no longer to be ordered by engagement with the pantheon of gods, and neither was it to be ordered by Rome, but by Jesus. As Luke's gospel reminds us today in all of its Good Friday agony, in God's economy, the true order of things is revealed by the king who gives himself away to suffering and death. Christ is king, but not in power over against, but as servant, as last of all. Christ, the servant king, is the foundation stone and as such, as we begin to construct our lives on Christ, we trust that God has already been building in the midst of our lives as individuals and as communities in countless quiet and often unseen ways. There is an extent then that the life that is built up in Christ is also one that digs down, an excavation of sorts that looks for the signs of the God who has been with us from the beginning. For the Colossians, as with so many of the communities we come to know through the New Testament, the work of the church was to tell these new people of God the story they had not known they were already part of. In Stanley Harawas's words, to become the church as a storied people, worshiping a storied God. And for us, 
if we are to faithfully write a new chapter for this church for the years ahead, we will first need to tell the story we have already been living in Christ. The beauty of that is that there are storytellers all around you. My encouragement to you is that you might ask one another for the stories of the saints of God in this place. Learn what you can about what has happened in these buildings and on these grounds. Indeed, if I might be forgiven in singling out one storyteller in particular, I would like to give thanks this morning for Edward Darty, who, given he's been caring for our landscaping since the middle of the last century, probably gets a pass. Edward's story, for me, included an image he'd blown up of the original plans of this part of town, Peter's Park, after Richard Peters, in whose memory the land we stand on today was gifted to this church. Having taken me through the story of what would otherwise have been grand old homes and a cascading stream down the center of this block, Edward took me out to show me where the light rises and falls in the courtyard for the course of a year. He had seen the light rise and fall here for decades. And it was time to pass that knowledge of the light onto me. That was what the Colossians were invited to do in order to follow Jesus. Show one another the light that in Christ lay within. That is what we should do as we become one another's storytellers to share with one another how Christ's light touches each of our lives. We don't have to author the future. We cannot, by our own merit or sheer good wits, know how and where we should lay our foundation stone for future generations. To imagine the future of our block is truly an act of discernment. For in the end, the future belongs to God. Yet we can join God in journeying there in Christ, confident that we will not build the church in vain, because in truth it is Christ who has been building here for decades past and will build here for many more to come. So may you be strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father <clears throat> who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. What an incredible inheritance of the saints we enjoy in this place. Among these people. May we walk toward our future with boldness and grace trusting that the one who calls is indeed faithful now and forevermore. Amen.